Exodus 16, verse 15. Today I'm speaking on, I'm so hungry. Anybody hungry spiritually, physically? There we go. This is for you, for you both. Exodus 16, verse 15. The word says, so when the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another, what is it? Say it with me. What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, this is the bread that which the Lord has given you to eat. This is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Let every man gather it according to each one's need, one omer for each person. According to the number of persons, let every man take for those who are in his tent. Then the children of Israel did so, and they gathered, some more, some less. So when they measured it, he who gathered much had nothing left over, and he who gathered little had no lack. Every man had gathered according to each one's need. I like what the King James Version says there, every man according to his eating. In other words, get as much as you are hungry for. And it said, and Moses said, verse 19, let no one leave any of it till morning. Notwithstanding, they did not heed Moses, but some of them left apart left part of it until morning and it bred worms and stank I thought that was a southern word stank it's in the word and Moses was angry with them so they gathered it every morning every man according to his need and when the sun became hot it melted this morning I as I told first service I believe that we are standing on the brink of a season, and the name of the season shall be more. Amen? I need you to help me preach this this morning. I said, I believe the season that we're standing on the cusp of shall be called the season of more. And I believe that it will be a season of God speaking and releasing things that we've been praying for ever since day one. And as we approach it, God is asking how hungry are you? Hmm. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you today for your goodness and for your mercy. Lord, I pray that right now our eyes would be locked in on your face. I pray that our ear would be in tune with your voice. Lord, I pray that everything that is fighting for our attention right now, I pray that every distraction would cease. Lord, and I pray that right now, Lord, as this word goes forth, that it falls on hearts and souls that are ready to receive it. And may it be like fire in our bones this morning. And the church said amen, amen, and amen. We are reading this morning from the book of Exodus. And as we're reading, it is in the Old Testament, and there's only one book before it, the book of Genesis. And Exodus is a book that's usually, whenever it's preached or taught, it is usually highlighting the topics of bondage and deliverance. And as we begin to read the book of Exodus, you will find 
yourself in the middle of a real life true story of bondage. And as you continue to turn the page, you will watch as God continues to step in for his people. Aren't you thankful this morning that we serve a step in God? In situations when people would step out, God will step in. In moments when people would leave us, that is the perfect time when God actually comes to us. And he not only steps in, but the people experience a liberation that had never been recorded in history. And while these are all great learning experiences still for the church today, I want us to take a look at this book beyond the bondage and beyond the deliverance and see how and why these people found themselves and often remained in bondage. It says, it has been said that history repeats itself. Why does history repeat itself? Because we never learn the lesson of why it happened in the first place. Can I get an amen this morning? And until we learn why and how we got bound, we will never understand how to remain free. Because the truth is, things were not always bad. But in Exodus chapter 1, we see this Pharaoh that is coming um, it's coming up, and this new Pharaoh did not have good intentions for God's people. He had bad intentions. And let me take a moment and just remind you, the church today, that the enemy does not have good intentions for you. The enemy is not for you. Yes, I know that often the enemy will come to you in times of difficult seasons and he will show you things and try to convince you to jump ship and he will, he, he will come and present a plan that seems full of hope and full of light. But at the end of the day, his plan is total destruction and death. Amen? And if you compromise and if you continue to entertain him, your plan, it will end in death. So how did they get into this situation? Look at Exodus 1 verse 8. It says, now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. And he said to his people, look, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. He said they are more and mightier than we are. Do you really want to know what the attack is all about? It's because the enemy has some inside information of who you really are. The enemy has an inside scoop on who you really were created to be. And he has made up his mind that you will never find your true identity in Christ. So what is your true identity? Well, let me tell you this morning. Your true identity is that you are more and mightier than you know. I said your true identity is that you are more and mightier than you know. 
I'm going to keep saying it until it gets in your spirit. Your true identity is more, is that you are more and mightier than you actually know. I know you had to work to get to where you are today. I know you've had blood, sweat, and tears. I know you've had to crawl through some things. I know you've been through some stuff. I know you may not have had the best home life. I know your parents may not have been the greatest, but the good news is you may have come through your mom and daddy, but you came from God, and you are more and mightier than you will ever know. But the enemy doesn't want you to get it because if you ever get it, if you ever understand that you are actually more and mightier than you know, that's when you start laying hands on people in faith and believing. That's whenever you start sharing the gospel uh, in people that you work with because you don't care what they think about you. Whenever you start realizing that you are actually more and mightier than you know, that's when demons get scared whenever you walk into a room. When this new king saw that they were more and mightier, then he was looking at them and he began to launch a plan. And his plan was simply to prevent them from ever realizing who God actually created them to be. And if you ever want to know why there's so much pushback in your life, if you ever want to know why the battle is so hard, it's because the enemy wants you to forget who you really are. He wants to keep you from getting the revelation that you are more and mightier than he is. And that's why he lies to you. This is why he gets you alone and whispers in your ear because he never wants you to understand your full potential. And the enemy realized this, that if I keep on with this strategy, if I keep on whispering to them, I can have them. You know, God's people, the church, those who are more and mighty than I am. He said, if I can keep them in this strategy and mindset, I can keep them walking around in just spiritual chains. I can keep them wrapped up in bondage. But all of this was until somebody caught the revelation that where they are is not where they are called to be. Somebody that was standing in Egypt and they were taking note of everything around them and they were looking at the bondage. They were looking at the season they were in and they made up their mind, nope, I'm not going to stay here. They looked around and they said, I don't know about you. I don't know what you're going to do. I, you can stay here if you want to. But guess what? This is not the promise and I'm moving. I'm going somewhere. This, this, there's there's, there's got to be more. This is not the promise. Is there anybody in the house this morning? You say, you know what? I am hungry for more. The, the, the season that I am in doesn't look like the promise. The place that I'm standing, it doesn't feel like the promise is there anybody believes that there is more that God has for you and that you're waiting for it well guess what if you're not dead God is not done with you and there is more for you the Bible is clear somebody got desperate and whenever you get desperate you lose your decency Whenever you get desperate, you lose your decency. I said, desperation knows no decency. Have you ever been so desperate that you look like a fool? 
Some of you, when you were in high school, you got so desperate for somebody's attention, you started acting like a fool. Anybody that person, or you know that person? You look back and like, what was I doing? You will lose your decency whenever you get desperate. Whenever you get hungry for the Lord, you will lose your decency. You don't care what people say about you. If you get so hungry uh, physically that you have no food, you will do some crazy, crazy things. Decency, you, 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 you lose your decency. I can tell, see, I can tell when I'm in a room with desperate people. I can tell when I'm in a room full of people that need a right now God because they're giving right now kind of praise. I can tell when I'm in a room full of hungry people because they don't care about their makeup. They don't care about who's looking at them. They don't care what others are saying. They will lay on their face. They will wallow around in the altar. They will sing so loud because they even forget anybody else is in the room. They just know I'm not going to stay here any longer. And they turn up their level of desperation to show God I'm ready to move. I am ready for more, God. Lord, whatever it takes, I am ready. Are there any desperate people in this room this morning? If you're desperate, I want you to say, I'm ready to move, Lord. I'm tired of this level of worship. I'm tired of this level of faith. My bags are packed and I'm moving because I'm hungry and desperate. God answers desperation. God answers at the speed of hunger. What is your baby do when they're hungry? Wah. Like it's not time. Wah. Not right now. Wah. What's your teenager do when they're hungry? Wah. It's not time yet. Wah. What do you do when you're hungry for the Lord? You cry out to him. And he will answer you. You are so desperate. You, you are hungry. Could it be that some of us have not seen it yet because we are not desperate enough for it? <sighs> See, it's cool right now to pray for revival. It's the thing to do. It's hip. It's cool to pray for a move right now. But could it be that a lot of us have not seen it because we are not desperate enough for it? Some are, some are more desperate for attention than they are a move. Some are more desperate for a title than they are their very own breakthrough. What are you desperate for today? Somebody got desperate in Egypt. And when God saw the desperation, he sent a deliverer. See, God's answer to desperation is not freedom, it's deliverance. Hmm. Well, what's the difference? I want to be free. Well, before you get free, you ought to get delivered. Well, what's the difference? Freedom is getting you out of it. Deliverance is getting it out of you. I said freedom is you getting out of it. 
Deliverance is it getting out of you. Deliverance is when the blood steps in and say, no, they may get out of it, but guess what? Satan, you got to get out of her head. Sickness, you got to get out of the body. That, that, that's different. Freedom is getting out of it, but deliverance is getting it out of you. Because if you get out of it, but don't get it out of you, you're going to bring that same mess into the next season, and you'll keep wandering around looking for the promised land. but I'm declaring it today. This is a house of deliverance. I said Legacy Church is a house of deliverance. You're not just a free people. You are a delivered people because you're not the same as you were last year. Aren't you thankful that God is a God that is still delivering people? Come on, I want you to say it this morning. I've been delivered. Come on, say it. I am delivered. I got out of it and it got out of me. God doesn't just deliver people because of freedom. He delivers people because there is more. We want deliverance so I can be free. God doesn't deliver you so you can just be free. He delivers you because there is more that he wants for you. For the desperate, God has your back. Aren't you thankful? God's got your back. These people kept walking and they kept looking. And they find themselves standing at the Red Sea. And you know the story. They turn around and they look. And Pharaoh and his army is at their back. And he is following them. Because guess what? The enemy doesn't give you much attention if you're working for him. But as soon as you decide, I'm desperate. As soon as you decide, Mom, I'm packing my bags. I'm not staying here. As soon as you decide, I'm moving. As soon as you decide, I'm going all in. The enemy says, I'm not letting them go, and he will follow you. But the Lord, the God that delivers, the God has your back, and he said, go ahead. Walk through the sea, and I'll handle, I'll handle Pharaoh. So what happened? They walked through the sea on dry ground, and they get to the other side, and they turn around, and they watch as God handles Pharaoh. He drowned them and in all the chariots and his army. And God looks at his people and says, this Pharaoh, this, this, this enemy that you see today, you will never see again in your life. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. I want to speak that same word over you and your house today. That devil that you see today, that, 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 that Pharaoh that's been whispering in your ear, that demon that's been haunting you in your entire house for generations I want to declare it over you guess what you are delivered and you will never see that thing again Jesus is your deliverer he will set you free why because he's got your back when they get to the other side we would think one would just think that they had a praise party Get the Hammond B3 ready. Get your shouting shoes on. I mean, one would think. Miriam was there. She had her tambourine, but it did not last very long. All of a sudden, they began to worry. Well, how are we going to make it? What are we going to do now? See, because to us, Pharaoh is a villain. He's the bad guy. But to Israel, yes, he was a bad guy. Yes, he was their enemy. But also to Israel, 
they didn't eat without Pharaoh. He had turned into their provider. And now, guess what? Not only is he a bad guy, but now he's providing. They didn't eat without Pharaoh. They didn't have water without Pharaoh. They had no place to rest without Pharaoh. See, he may have been rough, but to them, he was their provider. See, some of us cannot get free and stay free because we don't know how to live life without our Pharaoh. We will stay in seasons because of our dependence upon other people. But you don't understand. He's my boo thing. And if I don't, if I walk away from boo thing, I'm not going to be able to pay my bills. And all of a sudden, we've stayed in a season because we don't know how to live without our Pharaoh. And we stay bound because we don't know how to live without our Pharaoh. Well, you don't understand. They were there for me. But you don't understand. And all of a sudden, we are relying on the people that have kept us in bondage. And then we get saved and we look back and say, well, how am I going to make it? And then we run back to those people. But you don't understand. How am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to do this? And here we are. So many times we stay in the bondage because we don't know how to live life without our Pharaoh. We will come to church for two months straight. That's pretty good for some of you. We will go to the altar on Sunday. We'll get the oil poured over our head. We will fall out. We will wallow around. And one month later, we'll be right back where we left off because we don't know how to live without our Pharaoh. Dependent on somebody else. But God was putting principles in place to help people live after deliverance. And he was telling the people, whatever I remove, I will replace. Hmm. That's a word for somebody today. Whatever I remove, I will replace. Quit depending on them. I told first service, if something ever happens to Sarah, I'm getting me a sugar mama. I ain't getting married. I just want her money. Okay? So if something ever happens, and you see me riding around town with an old woman, it ain't my mama. It ain't my grandma. It's my sugar mama. Why do we stay in seasons? With people who've abused us. Why do we stay in seasons? Because we get over here and we're like, I don't know what to do now. And so often we stay in bondage because we don't know how to live life without our Pharaoh. And God is putting some principles in place to help live after deliverance. It's like he was telling the people, what I remove, I will replace. That's a word for you today. Then let me remind the church this morning, if God took it away, let that thing walk away. 
If God took it away, don't go chasing after that thing. If God takes away something from you, that's when you just need to lift your hands, wipe your tears, put a dance in your feet and get ready because that means something greater is coming to you. Wipe your tears because that means breakthrough is coming to you. Now, I know there's people here, you've been through some things, and you're standing here and you're saying, I heard what you said, Pastor, but I heard what you said, how he'll replace it, but what if he didn't? What if he don't? What does that mean? What do you do if God doesn't replace what he removed? What if your spouse left you and God doesn't give you another husband or wife? What do you do if your father left and God never gives you another daddy? What do you do when it doesn't go the way you thought it was going to go? It doesn't end the way you thought it was going to end. And it feels like God has not even given you enough to make it through today, much less into your next. What do you do? And this is the principle that God was teaching his people how to get from deliverance into the more. God will replace what he removed. And if he does not replace what he removed, it is because he wants to become the thing he removed. I want you to get that. If God doesn't replace it, it's because he wants to become it. Whew. If God took your provider and doesn't replace it, it's because he wants to become your provider. If God took the person or the thing, whatever it is, that gave you hope and peace and doesn't replace it, it's because he wants to become your hope and your peace. God is saying, if I take your daddy and don't give you another one, it's because I want to be your father. In other words, God, if you don't give it back to me, thank you, because that means you are becoming exactly what I need. God looked at the children of Israel and he's saying, I took your provider. I didn't replace your provider because now I want to be your provider. You have an addiction to Pharaoh. I've set you free and now you're looking like, well, how am I going to get water? What am I going to eat? And God begins to speak to the children saying, you walk and I'll, I'll feed you walk and I'll lead you. You walk this thing out, I'll feed you. By faith, walk by faith and whatever you need from me, he said, I'll be there every day. Israel has been delivered. They are walking. They wake up one morning, roll back the door on their tent and there is manna on the ground. Manna. Now you need to get this because Manna cannot be bought in the store. I know you like Publix, but Publix does not have manna. Manna is not a brand. Manna only comes from heaven. Manna, whenever you look at the word in Hebrew, are you ready? This is deep. It means, what is this? <laughs> what did I have you repeat at the beginning of service? 
they step out and they say, what is this? It means, what is this? And I was thinking when I was reading it, maybe instead of manna, they were walking around and somebody picked this up and said, man, huh. Man, huh. Then they started calling it man, huh, man, manna. I think that's how they got the name. Don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure that's how they got it. Get this, in today's text, they looked at it and said, what is that? They had never seen it before. That's why you've got to be so careful. When the Spirit is moving and you see something you've never seen before, and be like, that's not of the Lord. Because God is doing new things. Woo, that'll preach. That, that was better than your acting this morning. God is, God is doing new things. And sometimes when we see something, we're like, that's not of the Lord. Be careful. It may be manna on the ground. It may be something you've never, they had never seen it. See, God is not going to use old stuff to provide for your new day. I want to speak that over Legacy Church. God is not going to use old stuff in Legacy Church. He's about to do some new things with new stuff. I just wish I had 50 people who could feel this with me today. In this season, he's not going to use the old stuff to provide for our new season. It's going to be something new. And in sometimes, we will step over the manna because it doesn't look like what we're used to eating. They are walking around like, man, huh? What? What is this stuff? They were literally walking over the blessings of the Lord. How often do we step over the blessings of the Lord because it doesn't look like we thought it was going to look? And sometimes we will step over the manna because it doesn't look like that. It doesn't look like the stuff that Pharaoh gave us. But Moses, being the leader that he was, had to come up to his people and make them stop from stepping over it every morning and tell them, no, this is the answer from heaven. This isn't just, huh. This is manna. This is what you've been praying for. Don't step over it. Gather it up. And I want to speak that over this house today. God is about to bless us with things we've never seen. I said God is about to bless Legacy Church with things we've never seen. I'm going to say it till I get 50 people to agree with me. God is about to bless us with things we've never seen. God is about to put some stuff in our hands. God is about to put some things in our hands, but we will mishandle it if we just step over it and don't see it as manna. Whew. I feel it this morning. See, you need people in your life. Ben, help me out. You need people in your life that can spot manna. You got people in your life, they can spot gossip for you. That's cool. You got people in your life that can spot your next mate. Don't, don't you just love those people? God just told me, no, he didn't. 
No, we didn't. You got people in your life, they can spot what you're doing wrong. You've got people in your life, they can spot how you should discipline your kids. You need some people in your life that will tell you, don't step over that. That's a blessing from heaven. And get this, God said, I'm going to provide for you every day. That's why I tell Sarah, I don't eat leftovers. Girl, that ain't scripture. Fresh manna every day. Manna, 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 manna. Wife, what would you do if your husband walked in the kitchen and said, manna, 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 manna. You slap him. Fresh every day. He said, I will feed you every day. I've got a meal ready for you every day. He said, I've got a meal for you, but you've got to eat it how I tell you to eat it. You've got to eat it when I tell you to eat it. See, it's not so much what he gave them. The lesson is in how he did it. The word says that a meal was ready for every person in every house. I love that. Because it goes along, from the very beginning, it goes along what's happening in the book of Acts. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. He said, this meal that I have for you every day, it's not just for the spiritual elite. It's not for those who've been, uh, who have taken great theology classes. It's not for the, the clique, but it's for every person. And the good news is that there is a meal for every person of every color, of every demographic in this house this morning. Get this. God said this word this morning. I'm going to feed you according to your eating. However hungry you are, that's what I'm going to give you. You hungry? I'll feed you. You a little hungry? I'll feed you a little. You big hungry? I'll give you something big. He said, according to your eating, according, root word, accord. It's derived from the same musical term, chord. It means in harmony with. You hungry? I'll feed you. So God was saying, I have the meal. The meal is ready. But you will get the meal that you have an appetite for. Whew. God is not a God of waste. He's a God that feeds that which is hungry. See, there's a meal in the house, but you only get the meal that you came ready to receive. That's why I've been in church all my life and I've watched it. That's why we can be sitting on the same row. We can be sitting in the same service. We can be listening to the same preacher. We can be listening to the same worship. We can be singing the same praise songs and wonder how did they get a blessing, but I missed it. And God is saying to his people, I gave you what you're hungry for. I gave you what you're hungry for. We have some that's like, I'm desperate, I'm hungry. They're going to get it. Then you got somebody sitting here, stank face worship. I ain't doing it. I don't feel like it. Mm -mm. 
not today. And we say, how can one person, they're over here just like doing somersaults in the spirit. This person over here, Lord, they about to die. And God is saying, I gave you what you were hungry for. I will give you what you were hungry for. I will give you what you have an appetite for. Can you imagine what church would be like if everybody came in hungry? Can you imagine what church would be like if everybody came in desperate? What would happen during worship if everybody came in hungry? What would happen during the word if everybody came in desperate? Let me tell you what would happen. God would open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing 